0: good <laughs> show Okay, this is Mose Allison and you're listening to Radio Eight Ball with Andros Jones.
1: Welcome back to Radio Eight Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. I am your host Andras Jones here at Digilab Studios in Phoenix, Arizona, with Serene Dominic. Hello,
2: Radio Eight Ballers,
1: <laughs> and his friend Wolfman Jack here in, ah. <laughs> here in the here in the studio, and you've had some accompaniment. Yes, on, on all these, these songs yeah. from
2: the man to your left. This is this is a, a great guy, Andrew, Andrew. Jemzek, He's He's we've been playing together. How long we've we been playing together? About ten years. About, about uh, yeah, just about. 10 just years. about. Just about ten years. Just and about
3: ten years. So yes, uh, hello, Radio Eight Ballers. Hey, <laughs> uh, Andrew. This is uh, an excellent program. Uh, Thanks. It's a great exercise in ridiculousness and uh, synchronicity and. Uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Cool, cool.
1: Well, you, you you sound great. Now you're now the accordion is not is is not your main instrument. You're a keyboard player. Is that what I, I'm well, led to understand?
3: Yes. Now, uh, when I first started playing music on a regular basis, accordion actually was my main instrument. And uh, just over time, uh, I've never really had a lot of money to maintain or have nice accordions. You know, they always fall apart, as you can see right mm-hmm. now. And, this isn't mine, actually. It's, uh, it's uh, borrowed from uh, an ex-wife, but uh, I'm, I'll protect I the name, you know. Many you, an ex-wife, not uh, of mine. yours. No, not mine. Oh, but
0: uh, no, uh, but, uh, but anyway, <laughs>
3: uh, yeah. So, uh, for the last six or seven uh, years, I've been active. It's been mainly keyboard, bass, drums, guitar, and uh, and to a lesser extent vocals.
0: Oh, oh.
1: And do you have do you have your own act?
3: Uh, yeah, I've, I've done a lot of projects, uh, both with Dominic and uh, in uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff. I played in uh, yeah, all kinds of different things in Phoenix. Uh, he's, he's
2: he's always in like at least eight bands at I, any given time. Is that very frustrating for you, Dominic? Yeah, it makes scheduling rehearsals a challenge, but you know I'm kind of used to it. You know, and he mm-hmm. falls into it. Uh, Easily, and you said you've been playing together for how long? Well, Almost about 10 years. We, I had, I had a band for a while with his brother, it was called the Serene Dominic and the Gem Seekers. And the, the Gem Seekers, on, yeah, sort of playing the Gem Sec name.
3: That Got was it. a cool thing. And uh, currently, we have the San Jacinto Death Row Prison Band, yeah. which is uh, a band from the uh, the musical Dark Lullaby, mm-hmm. on the thing, going back to that. And we perform in Stripe.
2: Uh, prison uniforms, and we get marched into the club from the back, and which strikes terror in the hearts of uh, drunken reprobates everywhere. To see a chain gang being led through the bar and then to the stage, and it's quite a show. It's it's a very good show. So so actually, our live show is is sort of you know I mean it's, it's different from the musical. It kind of branched off.
1: And correct me if I'm wrong, but Arizona is. It, is
2: Arizona Arizona actually has chain gangs?
3: Is, oh yeah!
1: Doesn't this whole the whole Joe Arpaio thing? Yeah, he forced it, he
2: did the and he did the pink jumpsuits to you know embarrass them, and they would eat horrible fried bologna sandwiches. So or
1: whatever. is that the is is that kind of is when you do this uh, when you bring in the, the chain gang as far as part of your of your show is that something that in, people in Phoenix immediately recognizes ah. Oh, Hometown pride. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, no,
3: no. Most they, people are are too uh, oblivious to a lot of what we do. Is it?
2: In
1: t- but do you intend? <laughs> to no. But I think the, the that people button?
2: in the pay- patrons who have been in Ten City probably, you know, like get an uncomfortable feeling, right, from it.
1: <laughs> do you have? Do you have? Do you know that there are people in your audience who? Oh speaking?
2: yeah, we had one guy that came up to us and said that he was he was in in the in the can for like five years, you know. So he really. I got what you were doing, man. And you know, it's like, you know, we're pretty much doing all these songs, you know, about a musical, you know you know, with a storyline about a guy, you know, You know, accidentally kills somebody and dumps his body in a ravine. So we do the show of hands thing of like, (laughs) show of hands. How many, how many of you, if you, uh, you know, accidentally killed somebody, would you, a, wait for the police to come or assume his identity and keep driving, you know, (laughs) and ditch his body under some leaves and twigs, you know, and you'd be surprised how many people answer B. Yeah. Oh, I, I know I would. You know, because uh, who's gonna believe that you accidentally killed somebody? You know? Yeah. Well, that's the. There you go.
1: You just you've just laid out the plot of Detour. Well, that's right. There you yeah. go. I, I I had actually had never seen Detour. It's been in my queue for the longest time, and then knowing that I was gonna come down here, I watched it. Oh, well, what did you, you think of it? Oh, I thought it's 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 everything that I was led to believe it was. I, it's the. It's like the the primordial ooze right. from which noir emerges and
2: it's really and then and then you got great. the lead actress was Anne Savage I mean <laughs> and she's such a savage in this movie yes you know? and she's such a sweetheart if you have not see any interviews of her on YouTube you know she's this sweet old lady now um,
1: so but br- uh, bringing it back to you Andrew um, yes so are you a Phoenix native I am a Phoenix native Yes. And, Sue, so did you... Do you feel like there's ever, any, like, a culture clash with Dom, being that he's still, even though he's been here for so long, he's still such a, a New Yorker?
3: No, because most anyone who's doing anything cool here is not from here. That's right. been my experience, you know, is that, uh, you know, they can be here for a really long time and, you know, essentially, for all intents and purposes, have all the traits of a Phoenix native, which is... Uh, you know that's a loose umbrella to be under, but uh, it's it's a recognizable one when you've been here long enough. And R1, uh, but no, no, it's it's that's the spirit of Phoenix is is uh, a, a bizarre mix of people that somehow coexist. Phoenix gets a bad rap of being a hostile place, but uh, I really don't think it is. It's actually been a very easy place to live, at least for me and. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, surprisingly supportive and uh, and cool people here.
1: What do you think makes people think that it's a you know, that it's a, we sort of a,
3: a, a hostile a environment? Hostile you know, well, environment? it's transient. There's a it has yeah. a very
2: transient population. Like you've got a, a, a you know a select number of people who just come here for the winters. You know, yeah. they called snowbirds. So I mean, those people are generally very hostile and shouldn't be driving anymore. Yeah, I mean, and
0: exactly. like I,
1: I mentioned, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, or ex Sheriff, potential future Congressman. I saw. <laughs> a oh lord, is he yeah. going to be a congressman? Oh god, and he's. I saw a sign. I was riding with Dean in the car, and I was, you know, I was already in that sort of shell shocked and feeling like a loser. Oh my god, kind
2: of state. And then I look out the window. I'm like, what is that? Speaking yeah. Speaking of like radioactive, I I on my phone I, I look at Huffington Post like about ten times a day. Just yeah. it's like it's gonna get worse. You know, like did yeah. like whatever bad thing I woke up to this morning, it's gonna get worse. Right, and, and that that would destroy my day.
1: So, but that kind of thing, sort of writ large, that's kind of the state. Like if Arizona looks hostile because of its hostile leadership, yeah, then. You can extrapolate
3: that to the whole country at this point, right? Right. Yes, but Arizona specifically, because it's also uh, 194 degrees through most of the summer. Yes. Yeah, so, so, that, peop- that's so then people are just generally pissed off about that anyway. You know what? Regardless Hang- of what Joe Arpaio is doing, I- hanging Hang
1: out in a in a in the pool at the We Pa Resort with the with the misters going misting over my head, I can't see how anyone could be stressed out here.
2: <laughs> no. We find <laughs> ways around it. You know, yeah. There's, oh yeah. It's like when I first moved here, I mean it already had the stigma of Evan Meekin, you know. It's just been a hotbed. Arizona's like a hotbed for like really reactionist racist, you know, people. So I mean that part of it, you know Isn't is like seems like a constant. Isn't the movie close to the edge? Or over the
1: edge? The 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 teen rebellion film from the Probably late seventies, early eighties, with a young Matt Dillon. I feel like that might take
2: place in in Arizona. Uh, probably. I yeah. don't know. I thought you. I thought it was that one where you were talking about the one Michael Douglas had his little. Uh... No, falling down. No, oh, that's, that was falling down. That's
1: Los Angeles. That's definitely yeah. Los
2: Angeles. Okay.
1: That could be your. That could be your next musical. <laughs> I don't the musical of Falling Down. <laughs> well, yeah, we. That that yeah. would be pretty I mean it's, I, I can see actually it. that's not bad that's
2: not a bad idea you know because uh, the two musicals that I've done are both about like love obsessed people you know sort of yeah well
1: he's trying to get home to his kid's birthday
2: that's true but you know
1: there's not a lot of love not a lot of love not a lot of love in that film
2: you know it just it just you know, it just makes like love makes for you no know, love songs in a musical, it's kinda of like a given. Right. But yeah, like I the next one I would like to do something that's completely, you know, loveless, you know. Well, Maybe guy works in a true true value hardware store and sings about ball peen hammers, I don't know. <laughs> that could be good. A working class Yeah. Uh, God goddamn these new ball peen hammers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, uh well, I, I, I think we've we've gotten some context here, Andrew. <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> what is your question for the pop oracle?
3: Ah, uh, my question is, uh, it's music related because okay. uh, you know to because uh, you're a musician. I'm a musician. Uh, you know, uh, you know, and as a uh, as a composer, arranger, uh, you know, guy that plays different instruments, you know, it's uh, you ponder these things sometimes, uh, you know, because, okay, Western music, as it's understood, uh, not talking about Eastern music, because that's different. Western music in the Western world is basically defined by the principles of harmony, melody, rhythm, counterpoint, etc. You know, those are are some pretty well-defined definitions of what music is. If you look at just about any song written by anyone that exists anywhere, those things are all there. And in general, the the way to measure the quality of any of those things is, you know, how well were those things constructed and how well were they executed? Uh, so my question is, is there such a thing as an actual original music composi- composition that is not recycling familiar elements of things that are, have existed in your subconscious or your psyche. Is it—is music outside of the composer as this continuum of possibilities, or is it actually a creative force that uh, a person can actually introduce into the idiom?
1: God, it's, it's actually, in a weird way, it seems like it kind of goes with the last question we did with James. What? His, Asking about predetermined or non predetermined. Well, that's, that's and not this is that's like not quite s- what I
3: mean. Uh, because I'm not because music obviously is predetermined because right. it, because it has elements that you know you only have a certain amount of tools to work with you know, right. just for it to be music at all. Right. But uh, it ha- what I'm what I'm questioning is whether or not an original version of that is ever actually made. Right. And is it is it not just recycled and rearranged? Like, for example, the Ramones blew everyone's mind when they first came out, but they didn't do, really, they weren't that far apart from music in the 60s. It's still just uh, bar chords and a melody and, uh, you know, a 4-4 rhythm. It's actually not that groundbreaking, but the way that they executed it was. Right. So, uh, is it the execution, or is there actual... Is there actual creativity involved at a core level with music? Is it possible to do something truly original with music? Exactly. In Western music. In Western music. As we understand it.
1: Yes. Okay. Well, now, to engage the Pop Oracle, you, Andrew Jemsek, get to pick a card, any card. Pick a card, any card. Pick a card, any card. Pick a card. Song number three, you're going to know all about me.
0: From here to Iceland, you're gonna watch. Don't this a trouble take over my life? Don't this a trouble take over my life? Don't this a trouble take over my life? Don't
1: this a trouble take over my life? And that was You're Gonna Know All About Me from Serene Dominic with Andrew Jemsek, whose question was Is there such a thing as original music? In Western music as we know it. Is that about right? Yes. So before we get into interpreting it, Dominic?
2: Okay, so this song is also from the musical, and this is the point where. The Detour musical? Yeah, yeah, Dark Lullaby. And this is the point where the girl is going to California and he's staying behind. He's like, you know, he just proposed to her and she's like, no, I got to go, you know, follow my dream in Hollywood. And he's, he knows that if she leaves, Darkness and Trouble is going to follow him around, you know, because he's not going to be in a good place. So. so how many of the
1: songs from Dark Lullaby have been in this so far? Uh. There's a drop of a hat. And there was no, that's
2: that's from the uh, I'd run another musical. Oh, sorry. I did like a musical version of Vertigo. Okay, sorry. Called Swimming in the Head. Well, this one oh, I prefer. This one, and uh, what else was it? Oh,
1: it's just interesting that they're yeah. that the two that you've played both happened very early in the movie. Right there, in in watching the movie, the 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 woman going out to Hollywood, it's. It's, it has impact, but it's not really what the like. Ninety percent of the movie happens after that, and right. then she's gone. Yeah, we never see her again. Yeah, so it's. I mean, you're 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 this the in Dark
2: Lullabies. Does she have a bigger role? She comes back in the end. Ah, we we we, they, we have them reunite at the end because the the you have are... them reunite at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> So there, so it, it's not. It's
1: what's what's the well, it's, of no, it's, it's a it's, blanc. What? It's a
2: film blanc. Film blanc. Well, it's not all that happy. You know, <laughs> it's pretty bleak. It's film, film bleak. No, in a,
3: in a way, the ending to Dark Lullaby is actually much worse. Yeah, it's uh oh yeah. Well, it's, it's more cruel than. The, See it
1: at a theater near you. Well, yeah, the actually, ending is actually, much worse than the actually, film. Yes, yeah, so if you're in Arizona, we'll be performing
2: it on September 16th at the Film Bar. And so yeah. And the,
1: are there other performances? Oh well, oh, well,
2: well, we'll be doing more performances next year. But that's the, that'll be the only performance for. 2018.
1: Okay. Well, let's go back to... Now, thinking about the the question,
2: Andrew, did you find any...
3: Uh, Yes. Yeah? Yes, but I found the answer to a different question. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, Because the other day I was wondering, uh, well, who actually is better, like the Beatles or the Stones? Yeah. And uh, I think the answer actually might be the Stones. How did that... I, I'm kidding. No, it's obviously the Beatles.
1: Come on. I'm really confused how what that has to do with <laughs> with this song. I'll I'll tell you what it has to do with. Okay, the song. I love I love a curveball that I
3: cannot hit. <laughs> no, no, it, uh, it. No, the song itself doesn't necessarily explain anything, but, uh, <laughs> but it, no, but it's the in the the character that's moving to Hollywood to. Uh, to become famous and leaving the guy behind is trying to fulfill a preconceived notion of like what success and, uh, you know, and I'm assuming, you know, this, you know, obviously this can apply to music or acting or whatever, you know, she's trying to fulfill a preconceived notion of what success would be when uh, she probably would, everyone just would have been better off if she uh, did something that would have made her more organically happy within her life instead of chasing something outside of herself so uh well she's
2: jettison jettisoning any possibility of a relationship until she gets this goal right
3: exactly so uh so yes there is such a thing as uh as original music because uh that you know that if she had any drive to you know leave the relationship if she cared that much about doing it then obviously there's something internal there that uh, is valuable
0: mm-hmm
1: well what I was thinking was well there there were there were a couple things uh, the, the line uh, the hard part of change is saying goodbye yes and it made me think well on the one hand my own opinion about it is no there's there, it, it is, it's it's impossible to do anything that's original in the scope of all of the music that exists. But, I mean, and you know this, like if you've never heard something before, it's original to you. And everyone comes into, that's why the music that you love when you're a kid st- is the most impactful. Because it's just magical and you've never heard anything anything like it and for you it's original exactly so the heart like the idea of the hardest part of change is saying goodbye so it's saying goodbye to preconceived notions it's more like we have to reset ourselves to have an original experience with music and that's you know originality even in that it's so I mean, it's so subjective right and how many times have you met someone who they're just totally blown away by something that you knowing music and knowing history of music are a little bit, are much more jaded to you. You're like, Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You're that. Wow. The strokes. You're, that's, that's exciting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: like rock and roll. you just heard rock and roll. And, yeah. and I don't want to take it away from you. I'm my, the first concert I ever saw was an army band that came and played covers in my middle school gymnasium. And it's still, I mean, it, I'd never been in a room with a rhythm section before. Right. I w- thought it was the most amazing thing I had ever. Like I, was, I remember I was just in the seats and I was just moving like I was just a you know I think they called me a spaz. <laughs> uh, and, and so but and for me, listening to that band play Billy Joel, play Billy Joel covers was amazing because I'd never heard any of that stuff before. Right. If I ever went back and saw that band now. I would have all kinds of attitude of like, well, yeah, can yeah, we end yeah. this? Like, yeah, it's this. I've, I've, you know, I've been there, done that, right?
3: So that's so, what I thought. Yes, yeah, so originality exists within ourselves, but not outwardly. Uh, you know, in some distant land.
2: Well, so because because when I heard your question, I thought you were talking about like, do we do something with what we hear, or are we just like like a like a radio receptor to ideas that are already out there yeah that's that's
3: more or less
1: yeah, yeah. oh okay well it's but it, well then we really get some lines in the song that go to that because there's all this you're gonna hear you're gonna hear all about It's uh, first of all the song is all about hearing yeah. you're gonna hear all about me you're gonna hear a radio uh, you're gonna spy me that's well that's
2: also like she's gonna be on every magazine cover, yeah
1: so. from every newsstand from here to Iceland yeah good line <laughs> Dom. that's why I love you as a songwriter <laughs> that kind of stuff makes me so happy may not be original but it's no one's ever said that before so in a way yeah. it is and I guess I guess that's it it's like how do you measure originality yeah, but I mean, then go into the idea that we are that we are these like that music is making us rather than we are making music we yeah. get to yeah. claim ownership right. over a G yeah. chord because we play it, but yeah. the G chord is there whether or not we're playing. It, yeah. Right?
2: yeah, well, like like the recorded version of the song is just us trying to be like the Shy Lights, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's very you know '70s sort of soul, you know, setup. But you know, by the time it comes out of us, it doesn't sound anything, you know. I mean, it doesn't sound quite like that. It'll sound a little bit different, and that's that's all you, you could hope for is just to sort of. You know, have it sound slightly diff, slightly off centered. You know, mm-hmm. cool.
1: Well, I think it was a pretty good, pretty good reading there. Yeah, great song. Oh, thank, you. thank song. you. I really want. Did the did anyone has the the show been filmed?
2: Uh, well, <laughs> it was filmed, but we're gonna, we're gonna uh, and it was filmed very well, but. There were a lot of so some technical errors with the video, so I want to do it again. That's why we're doing it again to, to oh. video, and then we'll put it up online and stuff. Well, I ho- I, I definitely want
1: to yeah. post some links to that in the show notes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, Andrew. Oh yeah. Well, thank you. You're not going anywhere. We got we still have a couple more songs. Yeah,
3: yes. Uh, I just can I take a moment to uh, plug my band? Yeah, plug away. That's what we were here to do. So. Uh out now on slope records my lounge exotica original surf instrumental group called uh, moonlight magic we just we have an e an lp on vinyl available uh i think it's like 10 some odd dollars and uh it's really great it's called phoenix Exotica. it's a uh, original exotica music from here and mm. uh a- also on the well, not on Slope, but also on Slovently Records. Uh, just released a 7-inch for my band uh, Puppy in the Handjobs, which is some great uh, wow, wow, early G.G. Wow. G. Allen type, uh, type shit. Uh, on the cover, you see me in a dress. It's very nice. Uh, so, yeah, get that on Slovently and then on uh, Slope for Moonlight Magic for the, uh, the those with virgin ears. So. Excellent. I'm looking forward to hearing
1: at least one of those. No, I'm... <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing both of those. And well, yeah,
2: but you're looking forward to seeing the other ones. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Puppy and the Handjobs. Yes. And Moonlight... Moonlight Magic. Moonlight Magic, if you want the Surf...
3: Surf Exotica Lounge. Surf Exotica Bossa Lounge. Nova.
1: Bossa Nova tracks. And if you want your uh,
3: the guy in the dress... If you want to see me in drag and uh, our guitar player, Puppy, uh, wearing a diaper... Uh that's, so you're that's you're show for you're you. one of the handjobs? I'm Susie Handjob. <clears> Here's <throat> Susie Handjob. I've been yes. hearing about you. Yeah.
1: Uh you know I that's what I how I describe what I do with these cons. People ask what do you I'm going to Phoenix. I'm going to Phoenix to give handjobs, which is my yeah. what I sh- what I call expensive autographs. Like if
3: It's if, a good racket, right? Yeah. It's a
1: <laughs> Andras Jones. Andras Jones. And, you know, just one handjob after another. Yeah. <laughs> well, Okay. On that note, <laughs> ta da! Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher, and check out our website and the links provided for info about past and future shows on the Radio 8 blog, our ongoing Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the Pop Oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. I hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. And until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle.
0: It's the Radio White Ball Show.